Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey. I'm your host this week and I'm joined as always by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Hi, Russell. Hello. How are we? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm looking at your new setup. You've got, you've got, is that a curtain you've got in your new flat? You've got a new microphone? I mean, it's like Christmas. I have, I know. Well, I've got a new microphone. The setup isn't quite that as professional at the moment because I'm basically just sat surrounded by my duvet with the curtains closed behind me in a corner of my bedroom. So I'm, <laughs> it's not the comfiest. I feel like, you know, when you go on holiday and you sit in the back of the car and you're kind of all crunched up with all the, with all the boxes around you. That's how I feel at the moment. Um, but hopefully the sound might be a little bit less echoey. But yes, I had um, Dan deliver me a lovely new mic the other day, which looks very technical. And I'm Thank just trying not to touch Dan too much. Looking after us <laughs> as always. Yes, it's all good. But how are you? How's your week been? I'm all right. Very. It's been pretty busy. I was just looking at our notes for the show. I mean, I think I think I've been as busy as the Queen because I feel like we we've seen the <laughs> Queen quite a lot already this week. We're going to we see have. her again tomorrow in the space kind time continuum that is going to be today for our listeners. Um, and it it feels like we're seeing an awful lot of the Queen. I mean, it has right it's the lovely. start. It is, yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll sort of come on because obviously she was walking around with a stick and uh, yesterday lots of people out with Westminster Abbey we'll come on to that in a minute because I wanted to talk about the, her first major engagement at Buckingham Palace which I think is quite a turning point in the whole pandemic the world of the pandemic we haven't seen each other for so long we hadn't seen the Queen at, um, at, uh, at Buckingham Palace and what I wanted to kick it off with so this was it was called the baton relay and I didn't understand what it was at first. I thought it was going to be some sort of race that the queen was going to pass <laughs> this baton. And uh, you were hoping ma- to see her going around the running track. <laughs> my imagination <laughs> was running wild. I thought it was going to be London 2012 all over again. But um, this is actually for next year's Commonwealth Games, which are going to be in Birmingham. And the whole baton relay was sort of a big ceremony. And I didn't realise how big it was going to be, but it was actually pretty huge it was kicking off the 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 essentially so as you get the torch in the olympics but this was for the the commonwealth baton and it's going to be there's going to be 7500 bearers that are taking the baton on a 90,000 mile journey all the 72 nations involved the territories of the commonwealth over the next year well basically 200 294 days and so the queen kicked it off and rather sweetly 
put a message that will be read out at the opening ceremony inside the baton that is actually closed up. No one's going to know what it is until uh, it's read out at the opening ceremony. So we could probably have a bit of a listener involvement here because what what do you think will be involved within the message? Because we've obviously had quite a big few messages from the Queen in recent months, haven't we, with uh, the coronavirus, the the oh, what we, we had we had several didn't we? we had sort of the the speaking about the NHS the big coronavirus message and now we've got um, we've got the, we've got uh, they've got the the Commonwealth Games coming up so there is an awful lot happening and I thought she looked she looked rather resplendent in her uh, in her orange getup it was quite right garish orange, wasn't it pretty <laughs> much yeah it was really big nice. old hat. Yes, it was lovely. And like I said, that message, you think, I don't know if you've seen, but there was a there was a little clip on Instagram of her writing the note. And it's quite long. I was expecting her to write a little thing, but it's a, it's a full-on letter. So she's, you know, got yeah. really involved with that message. And it's got yeah, inside it's that be... very, I think it's a special tech thing in the button as to how it how a it special, all works. A special but... tech thing. I mean, the, the producer <laughs> yeah. Dan is, is, is his, his head is his hands at the moment, just staring <laughs> at a lack of technical know-how. However, know, we will, we will think... say here how the fact it took us 15 minutes for me to get onto Zoom today and to make the new <laughs> well, work, which you know, I think is a good... <laughs> he's, he's a very patient man. He's a very patient man. But this is going to be a proper, proper speech, I imagine. I don't know. The, the, the Queen obviously won't be there in person. And, you know, whether you're a sports lover or not, whether you, you know, you don't care whether the football has come back to big crowds, it's actually been really amazing to see all the people back at, whether it's the cricket, whether it's the football, um, athletics is, you know, happening again. And I think that that is something that we can all get behind because sport brings people together. It's been fantastic to have like the Euros um, all all over the UK this year. And um, and when the Olympics was here, it was an it was an amazing sort of gelling environment for the for the whole country and indeed the world. Everyone loves sort of these big events. So hopefully the Commonwealth Games will um, will echo the uh, the sentiments and um, and success that the uh, London twenty twelve Olympics had. No, definitely, it's something really to look forward to, and I think it's going to come around really quickly, isn't it? The the relay goes on for the next two hundred and ninety four days, so but I think that's going to fly past, isn't it? Which will be lovely, and it'll be great to have everyone out again next year. It will be indeed, and listen, we're going to see. I imagine that no doubt that the Queen will we will see her speaking about the Commonwealth Games or indeed the rest of the royal, royal family. Prince Edward was there as well. Now he's vice patron of um of the games, so no doubt he will be involved in some stage he might even be at the opening ceremony delivering a speech not that we we know yet but i do i do think this is something it's gonna be a busy year next year because you've got that you've got all the platinum jubilee stuff um there's a definitely a lot to look forward to and as i've been saying for the last few months i think there's going to be an awful lot more collaboration between the royals i mean last well, last week year, week before we had the bond premiere and we had the sort of uh you know Charles and Camilla and the Cambridges and you've got um, several other instances with the you know Charles and Queen doing the planting for the uh, Jubilee last week and now uh, this week later on this week you're going to have the Queen and Charles um, in Wales to open the Welsh Parliament so lots of collaboration and yesterday in fact just coming back to the Queen with her walking stick which obviously did prick a lot of people's attention I suppose and I, when I saw the pictures she was being helped out the car with uh, or her past her stick with um, by her daughter Princess Anne 
I mean, it just struck a chord and you think, gosh, it's quite unusual to see the Queen with a stick. And then I looked through, through we, we looked through the sort of pictures and the last time she'd seen been seen one was, was 17 years ago in 2004. Um, now she had just and had... That was following an operation, wasn't it? Was, it yeah, so was, she, yeah. So she just had a, she just had a, a knee operation, I think it was. And... Um, and I suppose you think, gosh, well, we don't normally see her. But then you think she is 95 years old. Yeah. And so when I spoke to someone at the palace, they were saying, well, listen, she's, she wasn't using it this week. She, as in, she wasn't using it um, when she's previously been seen at Buckingham Palace or she was you know, traipsed along the field when she was at Balmoral to plant this tree with Prince Charles. Um, but she is 95 she's just using it for comfort if that's something she wants to do in the future we don't be surprised if you see it and you know the, the, the it is a cobbled un, uneven walkway into westminster abbey so i think that you know people were moving to alley fears around the fact that whether she'd had a fall or whether she was feeling about unsteady and a fit i don't think that is the case at all i just think sometimes she's very very busy it's wonderful to see her out however she is 95. There's no getting away from that. And um, if she wants to use a stick, then she's going to use a stick. And I think that's the that's the long, short and the tall of it, really. But it was Exactly. And something you won't be aware of, but co cobbles and heels is hard enough anyway, let alone if you're doing it at, at 95. And she went the short, she used a different door uh, to Westminster Abbey than she normally does, doesn't she? She went in the, she did. the po Poets Yard entrance. She did. Sounds lovely anyway. Well, it's just a shorter route to the seat. And so yeah. I, I understand that. I mean, I don't think we're... You know, we're going to see her in a Pope mobile anytime soon. She's definitely, uh, <laughs> she's definitely still wanting to get out there. And again, talking to all the children in the fields at Balmoral, is absolutely no question that she, uh, she wasn't anything but certainly steady and sturdy on her feet. So. Just back and we to the, should um, properly say before we move on, sorry, I've just realised we've not actually mentioned why she was there, but she was at well, Westminster Abbey. Yeah. There you go. For the 100th um, anniversary of the Royal British Legion, which is obviously something that the royals are all really involved in. We always see them at, you know, the big, big anniversary events. So this was a really big day and it was lovely to see her out. It was. And, you know, I think there's sometimes it, we're, we're just sort of getting back to these big events. This was the first time, essentially, that the queen was in a big congregation, a big church congregation um, like that at Westminster Abbey or, or anywhere else, I suppose, because you know, Prince Philip's funeral wasn't anywhere near uh, what you can consider a congregation. But the first time since March 2020 Commonwealth Day, and that was, you know, just literally days before she was kind of evacuated from London, taken to Windsor. It was day, just a couple of days before Harry and Meghan left the UK for good. Um, so there was an awful lot, and it's, you know, gosh, that's like 18 months away uh, in the past now, and there's been an awful lot happening. But I think these two things this week, and Wales uh, for, the, for the opening of the Parliament, really does signify and symbolise that we are definitely getting back to some sort of normality and I am here for it. Yeah, it's really exciting and it was so lovely to see her. Uh, but away from that and moving on to Prince Charles now, there was a brilliant BBC interview with him this week, wasn't there? It was a really lovely, one of those real casual, he was just going for a walk around, uh, you know, walk around the gardens. What did you make of that? I liked it actually. I mean, it was the you know by the BBC's new climate editor that they've employed, and I think that um, you know there were several talking points from it. 
first of all, to, you know, Charles saying that he's got sympathy with climate change activists. He understands why young people are taking the action they are. Uh, but obviously in the UK, I don't know if our global listeners are aware of this, but there's a massive big protest movement going on at the moment. I think we're into like day 15 or something of um, a protest group called Insulate Britain, part of sort of an offshoot of Extinction Rebellion, where they are blocking major roads, major tunnels, ports, and essentially sitting in the middle of the road, gluing themselves to the road. And it's actually being quite fractious because... You know, we are, again, getting back to some sort of normality. People are going to work. Everyone's trying to go about their business. Businesses are struggling. Um, The price of fuel, I mean, we've got a fuel crisis here in the UK. Prices of materials are going up and up. And so um, there is is, an issue where undoubtedly we need to have sensible conversations and and immediate conversations about protecting the planet. And Prince Charles was recognizing that and saying how he really does sympathize with the young people. I mean, it seems to be mostly the the older people who are involved in this Insulate Britain um, uh, protest group that are gluing themselves to streets and whatnot. However, what Charles said is that the way that they are causing disruption is really um, building animosity towards them. And that is potentially not the way to go about things because we, we all need to be on the same footing. We all need to be having an open conversation about this. And of course, in a couple of weeks time, we're going to have the big COP26 um, uh, event that UN climate change, um, what do you call it? It's, I mean, what is it? It's uh, it's like a, a week of a UN climate change major event i've lost sort of my, my track of thinking however listen is it two, two weeks of meetings and yeah you know, i mean speeches and lots yeah, well, of got a conference let's call it a conference, conference it's, a, you know, yeah. it's a big it's a bit it's going to be a big deal because britain are the hosts this year it's going to be in glasgow i definitely think that we're going well, we're, we're going to see the queen charles camilla and the cambridges um and that is going to be very interesting because obviously the 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 royal family are wheeled out for certain levels of soft diplomacy. And I think this is going to be actually quite blatant. I think you're going to see Charles positioning himself into more of a statesman-like role. Obviously, we've got um, William's Earthshot programme, which we've heard loads about recently, and we'll, we'll touch upon later because there's been you know, a catalogue of, uh, of, of things in the schedule for that this week. Um, but I think that, you know, this week we saw Charles speaking to ch- Chinese business leaders. There has been an invitation for him to go over there and speak to, speak to them. Um, there was something called COP15 over in China. They want to join his Sustainable Markets Initiative. And the reason why this is very interesting is because China is probably the world's biggest or is the world's biggest polluter. And the very fact that Charles is now bringing them to the table or they certainly want to have a conversation with him and big businesses speaking to him about his 50-year environmental campaigning her career um, is very interesting. So, listen, will he be able to do this when he's monitored? I, I do think we will see... I don't think we'll you know see him diversify or divert from that much that much. I think that he is ingrained within his psyche. If he wants to speak out about uh, climate change and climate emergency, he's going to do it. It's it's it is a political issue, but it's it's one that is a, a global emergency issue. So um, 
there are certain things happening in this field that I think are going to be lasting for the next few years that we're seeing happening um, quite immediately. And then obviously we had we had a bit of light, more light-hearted stuff. He was walking through Prince George's woods that he was that he's he's essentially planted this wood for him, hasn't he? He's yeah, in- that was really a really nice little insight, wasn't it? He said that one of the you know they had they had a spare field that the farm didn't need anymore, as you know. As you do, just, of just course. Just the spare land. I've got that, a you know. of them at the back. I'm I was going to say, you still trying to work out what you're going to do with, with all your spare yeah, land? Definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, so he said that he decided, you know, he was planting it up and decided to make it a, a very impressive present I think to Prince George so yeah named it Prince George's Wood and he said which was really lovely I just hope he appreciates it one day so as she said it's very much a family thing that's going through the generations well, he's, gonna, he's we've, probably going to have one more than one wood to worry about yeah. have a few million acres to, to worry about um I, I did think it was quite a nice um I mean, it was taking place in the Arboretum of the Princess Wales is created in the gardens of Burke Hall and the Balmore Estate. And it is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. I mean, he called it an old man's obsession, but I think he's got quite a lot of passions, um, you know, perhaps doing himself down because it was absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. But I I think it's a very, very interesting. This is starting a conversation that he's obviously trying to take globally. So we may see him in China next year. And that will be absolutely massive because if he is as, you know, the next head of state, um, a big, a big noise on the international stage. I think we've seen him talking at Davos. We've seen him talking to, to, to UN leaders. We're going to definitely see him talking to world leaders um, throughout the week at COP26. That I think will be making some big power plays there. And then the the fact that he has been invited to China, we don't know whether he's accepted that invitation or not. My understanding is that he hasn't yet, but will consider it. Um, if we if we do see him over there, then that 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 will be absolutely seismic. I think so interesting, isn't it? And really really interested to see what happens with it. But right, so let's let's jump across the pond then and talk about Meghan and Harry. There's been lots of chats and lots of reports this week. Nothing confirmed, um, but about Lilibet's christening. Uh, some places have been saying that it's likely to take place in the US and they're not going to come back uh, to the UK to do the same as they did with Archie. Have you? Do you know any more about that? Have you heard? Well, I can then? give you. I can give you a bit of an update actually, because it was reported sort of kind of categorically that they weren't going to christen Lilibet in the UK, and that has since been quite vociferously denied that there there isn't any um, uh, categorical decision on it. I mean, it all sounds a bit woolly to be honest. I mean, are they? Aren't they? I mean, Lilibet is what now six months old uh quickly do the math three june july august september four months four four okay so we're in we're in october we're nearly we're in the middle of october so let's say let's say five so by by the time (laughs) one 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 would have assumed i mean i don't really know when you get you you get kids christened around this time i would well maybe up to maybe up to a year so they've still got a bit of time but I, i would have i would have thought if they were going to do it in the UK, then it would have been a great opportunity to come over, be christened in the UK, and um, see, the, see the family at Christmas or Thanksgiving or wherever, whenever it was. So it doesn't look like that is going to happen. It doesn't look like they will be here for Christmas. Again, things may change. Um, I know there had been certain discussions whether the family um, had 
certain views as to whether Lilibet should be christened over in the United Kingdom. However, let's look at the facts here. Archie was christened over here. Um, the Lilibet and Archie's great grandmother is the head of the church in the United <laughs> Kingdom. So it would make perfect sense for um for her to, for her to be christened here like her brother was uh but will will it will it happen in the US I don't know I think there there is certain discussions to be had maybe they have certain views on it um I think it's a very much a case of watch your space I don't I I mean I'll, I'll put my neck out I don't think I don't think she will be christened in the United Kingdom I think it will be in the States uh, even though they are saying that no uh, decision has been made so let's wait and see what happens <laughs> see mine's the opposite I think it will be back in UK you think we'll oh, okay a, well look, we can go. have a bet we can have a sports say, yeah. bet of it we can have a sports a pint, bet a pint for whoever's right next That's time we're good, allowed back idea. to the pub again <laughs> good idea but I think um, listen it's does it matter? Well, yeah, it probably does matter in terms of optics. I suppose, you know, there would be on the on their side, it would be a welcoming back into the family. Now, things are still very, very raw. The Oprah Winfrey interview, everything that has been said since then, in, it has not just been swept under the carpet. I think there is a lot to be discussed across the family uh, my understanding is those decisions those discussions have not happened and so you know again with the princess diana i don't know if we mentioned this last week um the fact that i don't think we did but prince harry is not coming back for this uh princess diana reception that was put on for the donors who raised money for the statue. Now that is supposed to be, I think it is, I'm just looking at my diary, it's on the 19th, which is next Tuesday. So could he have come over? Would it have been a good opportunity? I don't think, you know, we've got the Earth Shot big concert that I'll come on to in a minute, which is this Sunday, but then this party. So Harry came over for the statue unveiling. This party, I think, was was, was actually supposed to be held beforehand, uh, many moons ago it's obviously been delayed 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 because of covid and whatnot but you know people like sir Elton john raised money for the statue to be erected um the boys were there very happy and smiling when it was eventually unveiled um and you know should, should he have been there it probably would have been a nice gesture for him to come but it's been confirmed that he won't actually be flying back over to the uk so who knows when they will be making their their um their next trip here? Would it would it be the christening? Will it be for Christmas? I don't think I don't think it will be this year. But um again, anything anything could happen. And but so just to so but not sure on the christening plans yet, and we'll just have to see what. Well, happens. no, I, I think that's um the, the the word the word from from their people is they they haven't decided. I I I don't know whether I necessarily. We'll take that at face value. I think that um, I just I just think that they they will make it. They will probably drop an announcement that it's already happened, and that that will be all you know about it. But it'll be very interesting to see whether Lilibet's, if it is in the states, whether you know it, it, there is pictures that emerge over in the states. Whether they, you get to know who her godparents are, because you know, cart back to the time where it became such an issue that Harry and Meghan decided not to release the uh, the name to the godparents. And again, there was a big debate about whether it mattered, whether it didn't. Well, I think that that was the start or the beginning of the end, really, with this, you know, the public perception of 
if you are taking all the trappings of raw life, do you necessarily have to follow what has happened before you uh, in terms of keeping up with tradition, having pictures of the of the of the christening, having it publicised who the godparents are? Um, should people know who are the godparents and the sort of the, the moral compass of? someone who is in line to the throne. I would argue, yes, I think that, that is quite interesting, uh, but they obviously saw it a different way. So um, they're doing things their own way. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a major issue within the family. Um, I just think that, um, you know, I think it'll be in the US and that's, that's about <laughs> it. That's about it. <laughs> And so speaking of speaking of babies, speaking then, of babies, yeah. speaking of babies, uh, Princess Beatrice, we saw we have obviously still haven't seen any pictures of uh, baby Sienna, but we did see some We've lovely shots. We've seen a printed shots. foot. We've, We've seen, seen a printed seen a foot. Print, yes, a printed foot. <laughs> but there were some lovely photos of her and Edo out walking with their new pram around London, which were really lovely uh, shots. Uh, they good just pram, both look good, so good happy, pram, don't they? That. It's a good oh, friend that we, we, we got the same one. I bet oh, they got it for you? free, though. I bet they got it for free. I should, I should be plugging them to. I was going to say to you didn't get yours for free, then, did you? <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, Zara, did Zara have a? I think Zara had some oh, yeah, sort of she deal did a with campaign, didn't she? She did an advertising campaign. Upper Bay, I don't know. It was yeah. baby or something. Uh, good um, memory there. I know. But, well, I, um, I probably was looking at it with jealousy after spending yeah. a small fortune on a pram, which I thought was absolutely ludicrous. But very um, true. Yes, yeah, so so these no, photos no, were lovely. Weren't they were they? nice. I mean, listen, they're quite casual. They're out and about. It doesn't look like they were too bothered. Um, they seem to be smiling with a couple of mates, um, and I, I, I kind of hope we do see some pictures there's in i think that um eugenie's quite dealt with it quite well there's been sort of a drip drab and we saw him in the was it a bathrobe august was it a bathrobe or sort of a jacket and he had his oh, name i can't on. remember oh yes there was like a cardigan wasn't there a with cardigan, the name embroidered yeah. like embroidered on the back which, yeah, which was, was really kind lovely of cool. and i think that yeah, she, she deals with social media quite well actually which we're speaking of that because i know you, you'd seen these and you liked you actually liked the unseen pictures of the the yeah, anniversary they were really nice it was their third anniversary earlier this week so she posted another picture uh, and it was actually one of the pictures from the evening celebration so she was in that you, beautiful yeah. yeah it was when she was in the beautiful kind of uh like blush pink gown the zach posen one but it was just such a, it was a real party you know you get the wedding every wedding don't you, you get the the formal church smiling with your family and then you get the evening do with them dancing around it was a really nice shot actually i never that you always have about eighty thousand photos of people just standing in a row i do yep. people do people <laughs> ever look at those i was saying this to my brother at his wedding a couple of weeks ago like who's it who's ever gonna we were there for about two and a half hours taking pictures who and who's ever gonna look at these these are the exactly. really nice pictures exactly the unguarded the moments the, of the fun one the unguarded moments and it, it, it is a lovely photo actually it, it is really is and there's they just look so it's three that, years that moment Gosh. i know it's mad isn't it well we've actually asked some of the listeners what their favorite memory was from the day actually looking back all that time ago and um, we've had karen fuller who said um she said it's the last time she remembers the family all together which is why she kind of looks back at it so fondly uh adrian uh rutherford said they just look truly happy susan signer's favorite part was the emerald tiara which obviously you can't forget that's a, a real tiara isn't it? that's a real statement 
one that she had um and yeah lots of other people saying the dress they loved the dress and people saying it was their favorite royal wedding since the cambridges so yeah lots of lots of nice happy days at that time but favorite wedding i mean harry and megan's wedding was pretty spectacular i think so that was yeah they i was just trying to think who else we've had we had well, him. We didn't really see a lot of. One, we didn't really it? see a lot of Beatrice's wedding. I suppose the pictures were rather lovely, and her dress was. Nice, yeah, they really but we didn't were. Really I see see much of it, which was probably a probably a shame. Yeah, I think the, that evening dress, um, Eugenie's evening dress, was still that's one of my favourite wedding gowns. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Um, and obviously that's you know some lovely news from the York family, but there has also been a Prince Andrew update that you. Well, there has. Well. I mean, listen, it's it's a, not not a week, not a day goes by at the moment where we're not speaking about uh, Prince Andrew and what what is happening with his case. But um, it, kind of nice to get away from from it for a second with the with two you know quite some happy smiley news for the for the York sisters. However, uh, there definitely has been an update. There's been a couple this week though. The Metropolitan Police have decided that no further action will be taken into uh, you know these allegations of sex crimes against Prince Andrew and, and, and more so Jeffrey Epstein um, and the the allegations that that essentially had come from Virginia Gaffray that she'd been trafficked by Epstein now the reason why this is quite important is because it emerged over the weekend that um, Scotland Yard had spoken to Virginia Gaffray three times over the last few years and it, I think the, the timing was quite vague uh, and it's since um, come out that they hadn't spoken to her again since deciding for the third time to not go ahead with um, any kind of investigation so they were re- already reviewing the material that they had before I mean it's kind of going back and forth quite a lot here and the reason that it had come to the fore again was that um, in August it was new evidence put forward by a, an investigation team at Channel 4 News here in the UK. Obviously, the, the civil case that is ongoing with um, Virginia Vigafrey accusing the Duke of York uh, over several instances of uh, sexual abuse. Um, he has always vehemently denied these and is continuing to, uh, to do so. That is coming up very, very soon. So there was a lot of debate about whether... The fact that the civil case is coming up, I think we have um, just just over a couple of weeks until the first response, really, from the Duke of York's team is due, and that it will be October the 29th. Then that will be the response to him being served these papers. A couple of days later, just a few days later, on the Wednesday, November the 3rd, that is going to be the first date that they're going to have essentially a conference so normally perhaps in non-covid times you would have had uh, a pre-trial hearing i think is kind of similar in the uk but this is going to be a conference call where both sides are going to work out how they how they um progress with the case now whether it's going to be thrown out whether it's going to go to a full trial what is going to uh happen with the schedule i think is the best way to put it so there's an awful lot happening and as well as this you have Gillian Maxwell's case coming up. Now, that's gathering speed. That is going to be heard sometime in November, right the way through to the new year, it would seem. This is what they're, they're saying in the States now, that is going to go through the holiday season into next year. So that's going to be a massive, massive trial. And that could further implicate people connected to Jeffrey Epstein. We don't know if Prince Andrew will be mentioned within that trial. 
So I definitely think from the people I was speaking to, I spoke to a guy called Di Davies, who was a former chief superintendent at the Met Police, the former head of Royal Security. And he said to me this week, he thought it was absolutely premature for this decision to be made because how on earth do they know what is going to come out? Um, Now, the Met Police are, are really under fire at the moment because of, I think we've touched upon it on the pod before, the tragic case of Sarah Everard, who was brutally murdered by a serving police officer called Wayne Cousins um, a few months ago. He's since been sentenced to life. And a real, I think a a groundswell of opinion has really been against the Met of whether there is a a culture of misogyny, whether there are real deep-rooted issues within the Met Police. And the argument was, is this something that the commissioner needed to get off the desk? Is it something that the the problems are piling up so much that they just wanted rid of this? And if they say that there's going to be no further action and they say that if any further issues come to light, we are are aware and, and that we are made aware of by any sort of external force, be that in America or elsewhere, we will investigate it. Now, I don't think that was uh, appropriate. There are people within the police pools who don't think it is appropriate. Um, and I guess it will be a case of, we really need to wait and see what will happen with this civil case. We really need to wait and see what happens with Ghislaine Maxwell's case, because um, both of them are no doubt going to be explosive. Um, and the further point on this was that uh, it emerged, there had been a, a meeting of the sort of senior members of the royal family. There was Charles... Anne and Edward had a meeting back in January to essentially decide there was no way back for Andrew. Now, to me, this didn't really come as any surprise at all. I, you know, I was saying just this week how uh, I think he was the only person, Andrew, was, he was essentially the only person in the entire world who thought there was any way back for him into public life. Um, certainly there's no appetite within the family. Certainly there's no appetite um, within the military associations that he had or within the general public. I think regardless of what happens within the civil case, regardless of whether he is dragged into any other further um, uh, investigations or whether he needs to speak to the police, I think the manner in which he has carried himself has been quite an issue within the family um, and quite an issue for the general public. So certainly I would wholeheartedly agree there is no way back for Andrew. And it seems that um, certainly Prince uh, Prince William shares those views because uh, reported in the Sunday Times that you know, people close to him are saying that uh, he has no af- af- um, affection for his uncle whatsoever and thinks that uh, he's indeed been a threat to the monarchy. And uh, and I think that a lot of people would, would share, would share those views, to be honest. That's what I think is really interesting because the, you know, kind of public opinion of him and, you know, how the members of the public think his future royal role should look is one thing, but to hear that, you know, that's, possibly reflected behind palace walls as well um, is really interesting. Yeah, it is. And I think that what you're seeing is, you know, William taking more of an interest in family matters. Now, we saw that with the Harry and Meghan business. We know he was sitting at the top table with his father and the Queen. Um, And I think that anything that is potentially damaging to the monarchy, whether it will be, you know, we saw how... um, forthrightly he answered that journalist question of you know, is the is the royal family a racist family and he said the royal family is you know very much not a racist 
family. Um, I think he feels very, very strongly on things that could be damaging to the monarchy because this is his future. This is his children's future. He feels quite rightly and you know quite obviously in some senses that he is the guardian of the future. Big debate about whether in today's society we should have a royal family. Um, what benefits do they bring? And I think that this is a major thing of why you are seeing William and Kate, Kate doing um, such work within the child early development sphere. She's talking about this is a, a job for life. She wants to see generational change, but over the generations, so she's, it's not just a flash in the pan. And again, then you've got William doing this 10 year project, again, a, a multi-generational and generational uh, big, big project that he's doing essentially for life, um, trying to inspire the, the next generation. I'm just reading off the, the notes on what I have. They're in Kew Gardens today, both William and Kate, another joint event, that was, you know, again, trying to get out there doing things together. But he's doing a speech today where he says, we must inspire the next generation, the optimi optimism, confidence and enthusiasm to build a sustainable future. And I think that that, goes hand in hand with his view on the monarchy. He thinks that they need to be united in order to have a future. In order to in order to for the, the monarchy to sustain itself, there needs to be everyone on a, a, an equal footing pulling in the same direction. And if there is someone whether it be Harry and Meghan uh, being disruptive, saying that they want one thing and one foot in, one foot out, you can't, there needs to be a line drawn in the sand there and there needs to be a line drawn in the sand. I'm not you know, comparing the two issues here. I'm just saying very, very simply, William wants to be, mo be moving forward and by saying that Andrew is a disruptive force and a, and a, and could be damaging towards the monarchy, then he has no time for him. Therefore, he is out on his own, um, and there, there there won't be much affection for him to uh, to come back into the fold. Yeah, as you said, there's, there's so much looking forward, and you know, as you said, starting this new kind of ten, you know you know, this long-term Earthshot project. And it seems there's so much exciting stuff going on that they really want to focus on and they're so pa passionate about that it's, yeah, as you said, it's just almost like a, a new start, isn't it? But talking about Earthshot, so obviously we've got lots of bits and bobs going on, but the thing I'm probably most looking forward to is the uh, the big concert on Sunday. You're an Ed Sheeran, I bet you're an Ed Sheeran fan. Uh, what gave me away? Of course I'm an Ed Sheeran fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what about this concert. It's going to be at the Alexandra Palace, which is a fantastic venue in North London. Um, Love Ali Pali. So we've got Ed Sheeran. We've got Sean. Who is Sean Mendes? I'm going to show my age. Is he popular? He is, yes. Who is he? Is he like an American singer? Is he? He's a, he must be. Yeah, he's, what, like with, a, he's like a Justin I'm trying Bieber to think type. Of a song or, that I can, that I he, can do without singing it. Because I can the, sing it, but I'm not. Is, who used to go out with Justin Bieber? Who's that young girl? What's her name? Used to be in the Disney, all the do all the Disney stuff. Selena Gomez. Selena, Selena. There we go. Did, <laughs> did Shawn Mendes do something with Selena Gomez, or am I making this up? I don't know, but no, I'm, I'm probably we've, making we've up. We've aged ourselves. We have definitely. Anyway, back to Dad Rock. Um, Coldplay <laughs> are going to be playing, and they are playing with a set that is going to be powered by the energy created from sixty cyclists. I mean, it sounds. I was, I'm not sure. Bizarre. I'm 
very very brave cyclists i think how much cycling are they gonna have if to you, do if you're gonna get cramp in the middle of that you better start <laughs> pedaling mate because someone's guitar is is gonna give up the ghost but it does it does seem like it's gonna be a decent concert um you know we've got a, a lot of uh dermot o'leary Clara Ampho is going to be presenting it. It's going to be high energy. We've got a presentation from the Duchess of Cambridge. Obviously, William is going to be speaking. So a lot to look forward to. So no doubt we'll be discussing that next week. Obviously, just before we go, William is speaking to the BBC Newscast podcast. Um, I mean, another another podcast exists other than this one. You honestly may may like to check it out, but it is it's normally really good. Normally talking about the big big political issues of the day, whether it's Brexit, whether it's it's coronavirus crisis. But it's um, Adam Adam Fleming, who's uh, the chief political correspondent for the BBC, is um, normally does a fantastic job. So I am looking forward to to listening to what uh, to what William has to say. It does feel like we've had an awful lot of activity with Earthshot. No doubt this is the, the sort of the precursor to the big concert, the big presentation um, of the, the first five awards in the inaugural awards, which is going to go for the next 10 years. So looking forward to speaking to, about it next week. And there was that great video, wasn't there, to launch it of Dermot and Clara kind of knocking, knocking the I mean, door at Kensington Palace. I mean, it's getting a bit cheesy. I mean, some of these things about whether it's Peter Crouch <laughs> ordering a curry. I mean, there are there are a little bit dad rock. But then we have got Coldplay there as well. See, so. I love all this. <laughs> you <call it laughs> yeah, exactly. Cheese. I know. I'm all over it. <laughs> so we'll catch up next week and we're lots of discuss, yes. no doubt. Lots of stuff to look forward to. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Follow us on Instagram uh, for all the pictures and lots more information from the week. And as always, you can get everything on Twitter as well. So thank you for joining us. And until next time. Pods save the Queen!